0: How you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you? I'm
0: doing good. I like the uh, introduction music to the I podcast. I love
1: it. So tell us, where'd this come from?
0: Uh, I uh, reached out to a group called Higher Things and asked if I could use their version of the hymn called, Oh God, O Lord of Heaven and Earth. I think it's 834 in our hymnal. And
1: it's from one of their conferences, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll close out with uh, some of the folks actually singing part of the hymn. So we'll see. It was just an idea to have some sort of bumper music, and if folks hate it, let us know at org.
1: We are truly legit now that we have intro music. That's right. We're now a true podcast.
0: Yeah, we have arrived.
1: Okay, so we are discussing your sermon from Sunday, which was All Saints Day.
0: Definitely one of my favorite days of the church year. Tell us why. I think it's just a very good thing as the church that we remember our brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's not just at the funeral, but uh, this day reminds us that uh, we are never fully and completely separate from each other anymore because we are in Christ. And we remember these loved ones because Christ remembers them and they rest with him and they will rise with us all on the last day.
1: And All Saints Day is not maybe as well-known as some of the other parts of the church here, right? You don't necessarily think of it as like Easter, Christmas. But I do think lately in the past few years, more and more churches are observing it like in their services. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I think it's a Sunday that's being reclaimed more and more. I don't recall really observing All Saints Day growing up oh, you know, no, in the yeah, Lutheran church. Uh, but there are just some of these days in the church here that, yeah, there's a good deal of wisdom of why we have these occasions. So yeah, All Saints is definitely up there. It's one of my favorites.
1: So tell us a little bit about the text that you preached on.
0: Yeah, so these are the readings that always come up for All Saints Day. You have the reading for Revelation, you have the Gospel reading from Matthew, the Beatitudes. But I chose to preach on the Epistle reading, which is First John chapter three, verses one to three.
1: And why did you decide on the Epistle reading?
0: Uh, I try to just rotate through them. Uh, you know, I've been through these readings a few times now, and and knowing that All Saints Day is coming up every year, and knowing that the readings are the same, you just kind of. You just kind of have them in mind, and this year just seemed like a, a good, a good place to go to talk about this idea that we are God's children, and I think there are, that there are lies that we believe, whether it's our sin, or the devil, or the world around us trying to say that we are not God's children, or that we are not loved by our heavenly Father, and I thought that might be a nice word to share on this day when we remember those who have died that we are God's children now.
1: What were some of the examples of lies that the devil tells us that you had brought up in your sermon?
0: Uh, I think the, just the biggest one would be how the world will make us doubt whether God actually loves us. Uh, the world calls us out and will you know, we'll accuse us of saying that, that God doesn't actually love you, right? Because our loved ones die or that we're still hurtling towards death. You know, we may be dead by next year or that there's not even a God at all or you're wasting your time going to church. And that was kind of the main emphases of, of the lie that I wanted to deal with. I had other thoughts. I so think about the, the devil's accusation of us or how we doubt the faith that God has given us uh, to doubt his word within us. There are all sorts of lies that we are tempted to believe and tricked into believing. And what I love is the apostle John breaks through all those lies and says, we are God's children now. And Why? John has seen our Savior, crucified and risen for us. One of my favorite things of the letter of 1 John is how it opens up. I need to grab a Bible real quick. You'd think I'd be more prepared for the podcast and actually have a Bible at hand, but nope. So 1 John. I have my Bible. Thank you. Good job, Deaconess. Thanks for sharing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 1 John. uh, It's such a cool way how it opens. Let me see here. 1 John chapter 1. It begins this way. This is such a cool way to open the letter. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest. And we have seen it and testified to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. So that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And it's
1: So so much of that is like John 1, right? I mean, you can definitely tell this is John that's writing it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What what a cool way to get into the book. and And I love how he's like mid-thought. Like he's in the middle of the sentence and you just can't help but... Uh, he's already going, and, and his like his secretary is trying to keep up with him, and, and he's just saying, we saw Christ. He is the light. He is our life. We saw him with our eyes. We held him with our hands. This is the one we proclaim to you. And you just cannot help but proclaim this and share this with, with God's people. And it's, what a cool letter.
1: And what does this mean for us? So we, this is, I mean, it's amazing that John was able to, see Jesus with his eyes, touch, touch him with um, his hands. But then for us, it's different, right? We're not able to see the visible Christ like John. So what about for us? Like, How can we regard Christ? How do we see him?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's part of, of John's preaching. There's a, a big discussion. You have the Gospel of John. You have the three letters of John. You have the book of Revelation. All these written by the same apostle. And so there's a big debate on when each book was written. You know, John dies about 90 AD. And so he dies about 60 years after the events of Jesus, you know, up to his ascension. And by that point, you are decades removed from Jesus' ascension. And so the people around, you know, have not seen Jesus. You know, some have, John has. And he is writing to people just like us, who have not seen Christ, and yet are taking John at his word. And we can take John at his word because he was there. He was an eyewitness. He saw, he held Christ, and he implores us uh, that we are God's children even now. And this is the love of God for us, that light has truly broken into the darkness. That's what's so cool about John is he's, he's preaching to people, like us, people have not seen the the risen Christ in person, comma yet.
1: You've mentioned a few times already how we are God's children. What does that mean for us, being God's children?
0: One way I wanted to approach that in the sermon was I brought up the language of being orphaned, and uh, Jesus makes mention this in the Gospel of John that that we're not left as orphans; that God's going to send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And part of being God's children means we are not abandoned. We are not forgotten. We're not cast-offs from the family. If you are God's child, you're worth everything to our Father. I mean, you're worth the death of His Son. And the Father loves His children so much, He gives up His very Son for them. I mean, this, that's the standing we have before our God. We're not orphans. We're not forgotten Our God is not some deist distant deity. Our God is for us um, all the way through.
1: Something else in the reading that I want to bring up is he mentions that we are God's children now and what we will be like has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So not only are we his children, but... We are going to be like him one day. And I think that's a really interesting thing. And I think it's definitely pointing to his second coming. Um, And it's kind of hard to even fathom what that's going to be like. Because it seems like our sinful flesh is so, I mean, it's been with us since we were born. And yes, it died in our baptism. Uh, But to actually be fully human, right? Like the way that god had created man since the beginning
0: yeah yeah and the idea we'll see him as as he is it's referring to the resurrection right just as jesus is bodily risen so will we so will our loved ones and as you said uh, fully human once more right without the sin without the slow dying without without all the baggage that comes with our sin we'll see our savior and we'll, we'll see that we have been raised to life just as he has and still is.
1: And you mentioned our our loved ones rising as well that have, that have already died in the faith Uh, and just so appropriate for all saints day, right? When you had, you and Vicar had said all of the names. And um, the only thing that separates us from them right now is, is death, which when Christ comes, you'll have complete victory over that. Did you have any challenges with the sermon process?
0: I think one challenge with All Saints Day is, you know, it comes up every year, and the readings are the same, as I said. But I think the other challenge, and it's something I, I do look forward to, is I often view All Saints Day as the follow up to the funeral. You know, my, my sermons are tended to be similar to the funeral sermon. They're kind of a follow up that that I want to remind uh, my hearers that. God's promises are still true, no matter how long it's been since since the funeral itself uh, since that grief has stricken our hearts and I don't want to cheapen that that misery and suffering and grief that we still experience now and I guess that's part of the challenges is how do i uh, how do I speak into that uniquely each year?
1: yeah it can definitely be it's a hard day for. For many people, I mean, for and for all of us, even if the name that's being read isn't... or It's a hard day for all of us because there are names. Some of the names are being read from this past year, but then we can all think of other names that aren't being said out loud uh, that have died, maybe had died that year, or just... Um, at some point and just you're right the grief is difficult and that's still our reality now yeah we're still waiting on on god to fulfill his his promises
0: yeah absolutely and i think also in the immediate throes of grief when it is so immediate and, and so profound it's hard to hear God's promises. It's hard to hear his his words of comfort in that just as Jesus is risen, this loved one's going to rise too. And in some sense I think of all saints days of of those who especially have, have grieved in the past year and had a, a funeral um, of someone close to them. Maybe this is the first time they're able to start to hear the promises of God for themselves too. You know, cuz you know how grief can stop up our ears. And so that's what I mean by the, the follow-up to the funeral sermon, and that's, that's how I've kind of viewed preaching it each year now.
1: Where do we find the sermons teaching in the small catechism?
0: Oh, man, there's, there's so many places. Um, I, I love going to the second article. We've done this a lot. I was about to say that, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that I may be his own and live under in his kingdom, right, that Christ has purchased and won us. I think of the Lord's Prayer, right? our Father in heaven, that we are God's children who call upon their dear Father. And just the opening words of the John reading, right? See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. We are made God's children in our baptism. Deliver bap- us from evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deliver us from evil. We're made God's children in our baptism. Uh, I mean, even just the reality of the Ten Commandments, you know, God shows us his will and his way for our lives and expects these things of us because we are his children. And... It's just the entirety of the Christian life uh, is is this is this reality of we live under our Heavenly Father who has made us his own.
1: Well, thank you. So this wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to our discussion. In case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermon is in the show notes, and you can find our sermon on our church website, stjohndublin.org. And if you'd like to submit a question about sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Is like, it's like kind of thumbs <laughs> I love it though. Okay. Thank you, Pastor, for joining me and for this video this week. Thanks, Douglas.
0: Have a good weekend.